by the way. All right, we're probably on Facebook Live now that I'm saying this. Even though it doesn't show that we are, we actually probably are. We got a couple more people coming in right now. Oh, yeah, we're going to do things a little bit different. Hi, everybody. We're on Facebook Live. I hope everybody can see us up there. We're going to take this down. And we are. Got it. The meeting is being live streamed. I'm actually going to record this meeting because I got to have I got to have my colleagues up there. Recording in progress. All right, everybody. We're on Facebook Live. We're here live. It's Whiskey Wednesday. All right. And as Whiskey Wednesday, we're going to first of all see if all the people can see is my golly right now is our big head behind us. He's here. So um, this is a very different Whiskey Wednesday, I I think. Let me see how this. uh, Oh, there we go. No, 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 no. We're okay. All right. Sorry, technical difficulties. I'm at the switchboard, so you know that was going to happen. Um, all right. So, no, that work, that looks actually on Facebook. It looks actually perfect, except we're in the picture. So, except for Haley. All right. Macaulay's there. Yep. Jared's there. Haley's there. All right. Welcome to Whiskey Wednesday. Today's Whiskey Wednesday at Julio's Liquors. What you got going on in the back? I don't know. <laughs> Security. <laughs> Security. All right. They didn't so, say uh, maple syrup. <laughs> I didn't say maple syrup. You're right. All right. So this is a very different Whiskey Wednesday because we're we actually have Macaulay is um, at in Kentucky, um, zooming in from Wilderness Trail, and I have the uh, National Ambassador. Yes. I want to make sure I get that. Haley is here. Hello. And um, awesome. some guy down the end named Jared. Uh, he I don't know what where he showed up, but he did show up. What's your title, anyways? Mine, uh, I would uh, be as the national brand ambassador. Oh, the national. Nas- uh, nas- oh, I got both of you guys here today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, She's I, senior. I'm, I'm, I'm junior. Okay. Well, that makes sense. I've, yeah. I've talked to her and I talked to you and that makes absolute sense to me. <laughs> and uh, so we're going to do a little bit. Uh, we got this tasting tonight. And I guess these guys were out in the field today. I guess people are starting to discover in Massachusetts Wilderness Trail. And Wilderness Trail is not really a very widely known distillery yet. They're only seven years old, right? Yep. Going into our ninth year now. Oh, ninth year. Excuse yeah, yeah, yeah. me. All right. How many years distilling? Is it uh, uh, into, our, into our ninth. So eight years distilling. Okay. Great. Yeah. All right. That's, it, not the first time I've been wrong. That's my wife. Um, <laughs> so uh, relatively young, though. Yeah. Um, I, get to, I get the pleasure of, of, of visiting and, and uh, being with Macaulay for uh, uh, three or four hours. I think it, I think we were supposed to be there for 20 minutes. I think it ended up longer than that. And, um, beautiful, it happens. It does happen. (laughs) Beautiful distillery. You would think this distillery had been there a lot longer. You guys can look at pictures on the line, but I would suggest it's a little bit off the beaten trail. It is on the bourbon trail though, Mm -hmm. um, to go out and see them because I think it's uh, a magnificent setup. And this is really the first tasting to be done in Massachusetts of wilderness trail of single barrels wilderness trail. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I wanted you guys, uh, as we're drinking tonight, I wanted these guys to sort of give you some background on the distillery. Um, I, I, I personally I bought six barrels. I think that sort of speaks to itself. He's kind of a fan. I'm kind of a fan. I'm kind of, <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of a fanboy on this one. Uh, uh, Macaulay and I, uh, uh, bonded over 18 barrels of samples. 
That's probably like 30 drinks then. Yeah, something like 40 that. Drinks in four hours. Yeah. It was it was tough. And then we found out that we're both uh Springbank fans. Oh yeah. So, nice. so um that pretty did I, I did get to drink the new make there, and it's probably second to Whoa. Springbank. Okay. Springbank is like godlike. <laughs> okay, Sorry, yeah. it's it's hey, just no, man, you like what you like. No, no, but this is well, the other one's a single malt and you're a bourbon, so yeah, yeah, you're yeah. you're up there. Sure. All right. Um, and so um, fantastic, fantastic setup. And, and the way they do things is a little different than everybody else. And I'm gonna let you guys chime in on that, too. So why don't you guys tell us a little bit about about uh, Wilderness Trail? Yeah, well, well, the first thing we want you guys to know is that this is all our juice, right? Uh, we make all of our own stuff we have since day one. We make it on site. Uh, we distill it there. We, we do our own fermentation, get our own yeast strains, age it on site, bottle it. Uh, so that's really important to us. We, we have full control of the process from beginning to end, even our, our grains. They're grown locally. Uh, you know, that's good for marketing, uh, but it's really good for quality control, too. You know, we want those grains local so we can check out the field to make sure even you know, the worst part uh, of those you know, thousands of acres uh, will still you know, meet our needs with that. Uh, so, you know, being bourbon lovers, that was hugely important for us. Uh, we wanted to uphold, you know, the 200 plus years that, that the bourbon as a brand, you know, has out there and that respect is it's garnered. Uh, so we took that real serious. So uh, making all of our own juice, that's why you see all of our bourbons at Bottled and Bond. That was yeah. really important for us. You know, that's that's our bona fides that, that we made it. You know, it's got our DSP number on it. Under penalty of law, uh, you know, we made that uh, there at Wilderness Trail. It's going to be at least four years old. That was huge for us, too, because, you know, kind of coming up with a lot of other craft bourbons. You know, we're definitely a, a mid-major size distillery now, but we started up very much craft, uh, you know, doing one barrel per day on a on a pot still. Uh, and a lot of craft guys were putting out, you know, stuff in, in you know, two years old, uh, putting out stuff in in ten gallon barrels and charging, you know, sixty bucks for it. Uh, so we wanted to kind of kind of buck that and come out with our first stuff as a good traditional bourbon, not a bourbon you would drink and say, hey, this is good for a two year old, you know, just a bourbon you would drink and say, hey, this is damn good, you know, yeah. period. Uh, with that, uh, so so we started up in 2013, but we got a little bit longer history than that. Uh, we started up uh, another company before that called Firm Solutions. So firm as in fermentation. So uh, really, at the core of what we do is fermentation science. Uh, so that's really where the battles are are fought in the trenches of making good whiskey is in that fermentation. I mean, a lot of people don't know. A lot of people don't know that Firm Solutions is one of the, if not the top, I think, go to uh, uh, places that you would call in if you're having any type of fermentation or yeast problems Absolutely. for almost anything in anything in the beverage industry that uses yeast and fermentation yeah, totally. and beyond if it ferments, you know, so even major ethanol plants are, are, are other industries that we work with. So uh, even outside of outside of just bourbon, if it ferments though, yeah, we, to call so not only is it the matter of suiting you up and finding out what yeast strain you need to use you know we have a catalog of what is it nearly nine thousand strains that we've got at this point um which is all uh all there at our distillery uh yeast is pretty small so it's it sounds really impressive until it's like in a refrigerator yeah. <laughs> yeah um but uh it really um you know it, it's not only just suit, suiting up your yeast strain depending on you know your fermentation cycle, what you're trying to ferment, what you're trying to output, things like that. Um, and you guys have labs all over the world though, right? It's just not, is it just the U.S.? We have, well, we have kind of like 
surrogate like satellite places okay. we're allowed to go to and things like that if if need be but we have clientele all over the world for okay. sure um and so you know with that you know it's it's yeah not only nationally but internationally and you know it's not only selling the yeast strains but it's also you know if you're having any kind of fermentation issue, distillation issue. Um, if you are a new distillery and don't know where to start, don't know how to, you know, how to outfit, how to operate, uh, our, our distillers, our owners are the guys that you called. For so I always bet. thought it was funny because here's the people that you're going to call on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like Macaulay, these are the people you're going to call on to come fix any problem you have a distillery. Any of it. And yeah. they're starting a distillery. Yep. Well, that, that, that's how we got good quick. You know, you get a lot of experience when you're dealing with everybody's, you know, worst day of the year, you know, five days a week. Uh, you know, people never called firm solutions. So, hey, come out and check how awesome things are running. You're right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, come out here and save my ass before I get fired. Uh, fix this for us. Uh, so right. it, was, it was really able to get a, a See lot all of the problems. Experience. Yeah. Like yeah. you guys are intimate with all the problems that can go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And some, you know, and, and, and people don't realize, you know, you know, one master distiller maybe only sees this this problem once yeah. every so Great often point. or whatever and then you know but we're seeing it literally every day sometimes multiple times a day and it's 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 any variety of problems from mm. hey I, you know, I can't get this firm right to, Hey, we found a raccoon stuck up in here. <laughs> so. I've heard of that problem. Lisa, Lisa, have you heard that problem, Lisa? Okay, great. She's got that problem. So, so yeah, that's, that's really kind of where we, you know, kind of honed in on our, our expertise of, of knowing, you know, how to make good product, but also more importantly, like how, to, what not to do, not to do. <laughs> when, yeah. when you're distilling, uh, was really learning. People don't secrets. understand that a lot of times. I mean, like uh, Macaulay and I are going to talk about the barrel selection and what we did. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of times uh, people have said, well, you know, you guys pick really good barrels when you do it. It's not always which barrels you should pick. It's which barrels you should not pick. Right. Yes. 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 And people don't understand that differentiation. So sometimes it's not what you should do. It's just weeding out what you should not do. Right. First and foremost. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and we do a good job. Macaulay does a good job of presenting good barrels. Sometimes you go do barrel picks at, at distilleries. You know, you're getting the picked over barrels from the last, you know, three weeks that, that all the other stores come in and didn't, didn't get. Mm -hmm. uh, so you're getting like, what's the left of this allotment, you know, whatever. Uh, so Macaulay does a good job of curating that for folks. Sure, sure yeah. thing. Absolutely. I, 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 I think he dreaded when I came in, though. <laughs> He's all nervous, man. I wasn't say he's drinking at nine o'clock, but that's pretty normal, right? That's yeah. Eight fifteen. I had to have the medicine. I'm in quality control. <laughs> Listen, right. it's a scientific fact that you cannot drink all day unless you start in the morning. That's that true. Then, right? Prove that's him true. wrong. Prove, Prove me wrong. wrong. <laughs> Prove me wrong on that one. Fight me on that one. I'll fight you on that. I'm on your side, Macaulay, on that one. Yeah. All right. So, um, so you guys have. Um, you know, obviously started laying down barrels. You're, 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 you're obviously getting bigger. How, how much, how much stuff do you have laid down now? Uh, now we've, we've got over a hundred thousand barrels, you know, aging at the moment yep. uh, and, and adding to that a lot, you know, which is a, a very far cry from how we started. I mentioned that one barrel a day and that wasn't even every day, uh, you know, like that is maybe three or four days a week. Cause you know, sometimes you had to run the mill all day instead of, uh, instead of running the pot still. Uh, but but since 2016, we went to a column still mm -hmm. uh, and column still, you know, I know a lot of uh, I don't know, me too. Back in the day, you know, I used to think, you know, all the best stuff is pot distilled. Uh, I am 
done a 180 on that. I think the absolute best stuff is column distilled. You get way more consistency, way more control with what you're doing. Well, especially uh, the way you guys are doing, uh, doing distillation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially the way you're doing. Yeah. Well, we, we were, you know, honing on, on, you know, Shane's a mechanical engineer, uh, Shane Baker. He's one of the two co-owners. We should mention Shane Baker and Pat Heist at some point. And you, in this well, that's the best of both worlds. You get yeah. a mechanical engineer yeah. and you get a, a guy who basically knows uh, like everything about yeast. Yeah. yeah. So He's a plant pathologist. These are the two partners. Yeah. You know, in this. So I and think so, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And Shane. Yin so and Yang. That's got it like all. Opposing, yeah. Opposing opposition yeah. type thing. Yeah. And that's, that's 100% of our ownership too. That's what's great about us is that uh, you know, we don't, we don't have anybody else. Man, Macaulay shots, you know? said he owned it. Yeah. <laughs> Macaulay got his, <laughs> it's his 90% vested in, in a couple of years. I think. That's right. That's sweat, sweat equity, you know, sweat equity. Yes. 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 Yeah. When you drink a lot, you sweat. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Get up in those rick houses in the summer. That's and right. You really oh, earn yeah. that sweat equity then. So how many, how many rick houses do you guys have? Uh, now. I think we've got what eight completed and yes. another four more. Uh, like the pads are getting built On right the now. Way, yeah. um, they go up quick. Uh, Buzik Construction out of Bardstown does all of our rick houses. Mm -hmm. uh, and they, I don't think they've left uh, our property since tw like 2018. 2018. No, earlier than that. Yeah. Yeah. They, they so build Dave, one. Do you have a question? So go right next one. I'm going to have to repeat your question. So go right ahead. Are you guys doing contract distilling for other other brands? Yes, we are. Yeah, we are. Yeah, the, the answer is yes. Yeah, yes, and, and we are we are open about it. Yeah, uh, they, they, they are actually. Yeah, yeah. Contract distilling is. I mentioned you know, we have just two owners, right? They're they're one hundred percent ownership. They're they're not too well. They're going to be really rich uh, someday. Uh, but you know, right now, you know, they're not too you know multimillionaires that just can fund a whole distillery by themselves. So we do uh, about, you know, probably 40, 45% of our production is contract. We sell it as new make. Uh, we'll sell in the barrel to put it in. Uh, we will put that in our rickhouse. We'll mm -hmm. charge, you know, rent on it, insurance, that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, the fees every year, every month for it. Uh, so that is part of our business plan, which is like totally opposite than a lot of craft distilleries that start up uh, as, as an NDP uh, or whatever, buying juice from somewhere else, selling that, then hoping their juice is going to be better or as good at least as what they've been buying, you know, uh, uh, from someone else. Yeah, it's an interesting way to start out. Yeah. We're going to mm -hmm. make, you know, new make for all these people. Yeah. And th that's how we're going to, that's how we're going to keep the doors open, the lights on. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and, and, yeah. and by the way, there's an old saying is like how to make a, a, a little money in the distilling industry is to start with a lot. Start with a lot. Right. So, totally. um, the guys are proof in the pudding on that. Right. Yeah, yeah, but totally. hopefully someday it ends up a lot. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's the whole point, right? That's the goal. Yeah. yeah, you know, we'll we'll wean ourselves off that as as you know, we pay down you know capital costs and stuff like that, and as we grow the Wilderness Trail brand, uh, but we'll never fully do that because yeah. a it's it's good money, uh, but b it also keeps us doing different things that we may not want to do for ourselves, but we're able to work with different yeast strains, different mash bills. He's using them all as, that kind of as, stuff. as as lab rats. Yes, honestly, one hundred percent. Yeah. So, well, you know, somebody comes to say, I'm, "I want you. To, I want this." Yeah. All right, we'll do that. Take a couple of barrels and put it aside and see how it turns yeah. out. Yeah. And that's decide right. if you're going to do it or not. Exactly. I know. I know. Macaulay has a a a a bunch of stuff, a bunch of ideas of stuff that he I know that he wants to do. Yeah. And some are really interesting. We're actually going to be working on where we're actually working on a project together. Yes. Um. You're going to taste the first part of the project tonight. This is a legal project. Yeah, it is a legal project. Okay. Yes. You think so. Yeah. I, don't I think know. so. Anyways, but I, that's what he told me. It was legal. Anyway, so yeah, I've been to Peru recently. Yeah, you never know. know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, 
while we're going through, and I want you guys to explain the process, these the the, the these guys are going to start getting restless. Let's like give yeah, them yeah, let's do this. So everybody up here. So the way I did this is the bourbon and the last three digits are the barrel number. So um, if you need to look up which one you like the best, you're going to be able to figure that out. It's also the way we did it is uh, we came up with the system. It's a set of six. So one of six, two of six, three of six, four of six, five of six, six of six, and they're all labeled that way. It makes sense, right? Yeah, except for one thing. I screwed up one thing. <laughs> I put the bourbon first instead of the wheat first. So today when we're going to try, the first one you're going to try, we're actually going to try the weeders first. So you're going to start. So we're going to do three and four are going to be your first two. So you're going to start with number three. I made one mistake. It's going to cost me dearly, but here it is. You're allowed one, right? I'm allowed one. That's yeah. what I said. <laughs> yeah, did you? Now, yeah. you're done. I drank him all. He's done. <laughs> Trust me, he's done. Yeah. So we're going to start with number three, which is our first weeder, which is three of six. Okay? Third one, three of six. All right? So you want to explain the the, the you guys want to explain... Yeah. Or either sure. I, I have three experts here. I don't right, even know right. who to turn to anymore. All of us, man. All of us. Uh, well, I want to talk uh, about the. Uh, I know Macaulay really likes the weed, weeders and stuff on this one too. Yeah. But you guys want to explain how you're doing? Let's. You know what? First, let's start with how you're doing stuff di different. Everything's yeah. a sweet. Everything's a sour mash, right? Wrong. Wrong. Uh, Wrong. Wrong. That, but that's what everybody else does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you guys doing? We're not. Right, explain what you're doing. Else. Yeah. So we're doing a, a sweet mash. So uh, sweet mash whiskey is the oldest way to make whiskey, simply starting from scratch every single time. You're starting that fermentation with fresh water, fresh grains, fresh yeast. Uh, of course, you know, sour mash, uh, you know, popularized. Uh, well, everybody knows sour mash probably at least initially from Jack Daniels. You know, it's on the bottle right there. Uh, popularized in America by Dr. James Crow at what is now the Woodford Reserve Distillery yeah. uh, there in, uh, in uh, um, Woodford County, Kentucky. Uh, but it was the idea, though, that he got from the French brandy industry, uh, and that was using the spent fermentation, I'm sorry, the spent mash. So whatever you, you distill, you put fire underneath it, you boiled off the alcohol, what's left over becomes very acidic. Uh, so that's where it gets the name sour mash. It's very low on the pH scale. Uh, when you're doing sour mash with bourbon, it can get down into the high twos on the pH, which is really dang low. Uh, you know, that, that becomes very, very acidic. So sour mash was used as a way, uh, and I'm going to tell you what it is first. Sour mash is using maybe, you know, anywhere from 10, which is not probably very effective, to up to 50% of that old batch back into the new batch. So after it's distilled, you're putting that very acidic mash back in there. So that's acidity is going to help control bacteria growth. Yep. Before we knew about germ theory, uh, you know, we, it was just a way to have fermentations run a little bit cleaner. Another good side effect yes. is if you're using, say, 30% of that old batch into the new, you're going to have a lot of flavor continuity. And if you're a big brand, uh, I think a great example of that is say Maker's Mark. You know, they had one brand for, uh, you know, 55 or, or whatever years. So they really needed that to taste the same day in, day out, week in, week out, you know, month, year, whatever. Uh, and sour mash is a way to get that. Sweet mash is just starting fresh from scratch. It's much harder because you now have a much more, uh, a much more inviting environment for bacteria. And bacteria is our number one competition. They want to eat the sugar that's in that fermentation and convert that into lactic acid and a bunch of other nasty compounds instead of the good ethyl alcohol that we want. Uh, and that's something nobody ever talks about uh, is 
the bacteria, but that is, yeah, it's, it's our biggest concern probably on a day in day out basis. Uh, some brands stay contaminated and that's part of their flavor profile. You know, you can get a little bit of, of good flavor from bacteria, but that's it's true. very, very rare with that. So sweet mash is, is something that we do different. Uh, that's, that's really that old school way, but we, we do it because we think it gives us a better product. Uh, it's, it's more neutral in pH coming right off the steel. So you're talking about our new mage, yeah. uh, our new make. That's one reason why it's so good. It, it's not going to light you up, you know, with that, that harshness, that acidity hitting you. Yep. Um, it needs less of that remediation time in the barrel. And then kind of by default with sweet mash, you have to do a better job at fermentation because you are more susceptible to bacteria growth. So you're paying a much more watchful eye uh, to those firms. Uh, yep. We're testing our firms uh, as soon as the, the cook is done, when we add the yeast and then day in, uh, uh, I'm sorry, once a day, at least, you know, until that firm is done before it goes to the steel, we're testing it again to make sure that everything is going to be uh, working well with that. So sour, uh, sweet mash uh, is better for us. I don't want to say something's better, you know, because everybody uh, has their own taste, but it's definitely better for us. But it takes, it, 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 it's, it's, it ends up being all about consistency. Mm -hmm. yep. You get to have the higher level of consistency yep. and yep. you have to have a higher level of cleanliness yep. going into Absolutely, the thing. Yep. All right. And then, um, and then it, it, it's it, a lot of that, a lot of those um, variables, you have to really watch more variables than, than you do. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And so we're and we're lucky, you know, that we have Shane and Pat that are able to do that. And our lab is there on site. So we're able to test all day long to make sure we have that continuity and, uh, you know, have the operation to, to do everything that we do. Yeah. Yeah, Pat, Pat, our co-owners, uh, he says, you know, consistency is the mark of a professional and we take that to heart. Yeah. So we want that white dog, that new make to come off the steel tasting the same every single day for that recipe. We want to get our variation in flavor from the barrel, from the rickhouse position, from the time aged and then the proof bottled. Uh, you know, but, but that white dog, we want it to be the same day in, day out. We don't want any kind of variation once we get our recipe. Our and it's really down. good. Really damn it's good. It's good. Yes. I'm going to tell you, number two against spring bank is really good. I've got to try some spring bank. So. Uh, no, apparently. No, it's funny because when we do when we do give it to people, I mean, it's one of those things where like a lot of distilleries kind of do it almost like as a gotcha moment, I feel like, to be yeah. like, ah, see how hot this is, you know? Um, I, I do. I feel like I do. I feel like it's like a gotcha moment for us. We're like, no, try it. It's really it's, good. You know, it's, a it's, a flavor, it's definitely a flavor profile. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those flavor profile things. And, yeah. and it's not necessarily about the heat. It's about the flavor that you're getting. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's plenty of people that do an, a new make that doesn't taste good off the still, but it's the whole other process. Yes. It's the whole rickhouse and it tastes great. Yeah. At the end, end. Of the, uh, Buffalo yeah. Trace is a good example. Right. I, I think their white dog is terrible, but their end product is, is amazing. Right. Yeah. I mean, this one tastes really good right off the still. Yeah. And, and good coming out too. So I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to uh, tell a story about Macaulay now because, <laughs> whiz, because we're trying our first whiskey and you guys all have the, the, the weeded. So, some of you may or may not know, I, I used to run a, a wine company. I used to run an import, an import company and wine company. And I've actually uh, blended wine in France and, and I, I used to import wines. And uh, when I met Macaulay, it's, it's, uh, I had a flashback. I, I, I went to Germany one time and Klaus Dillmann was the gentleman's name, was my, my contact in Germany. And he was taking me around to some uh, wineries that we were we were using and we were we were importing. And he he says, this is going to be your first place. And he opened the door and there was wine and it was a really small room. It was like maybe like four by eight. And the wine just went in a U shape and they were all on the shelf all around. The guy goes, I will see you in about an hour and then shut the door. <laughs> so my job was to go through and try all these wines, you know, and, and go through. So. Yeah. 
<laughs> but I meet Macaulay in the in the uh, in the uh, in, in the, at the distillery, but in the in the gift shop. Yeah. And he goes, OK, come on, we're going to go try some. And I walked in the door and it had much nicer. It had leather seats and we're getting ready. And Macaulay's got and then I look and there is like whiskey around the room. <laughs> yeah, There was 18 <laughs> samples that he had pulled for me. Yeah. And I had flashbacks to Germany. I'm like, oh, OK, we're going to try these on. I'm like, I got a two and a half hour drive after this and we're going to try. It. OK, let's go. And um, that's not where we started. He's like, so um, bringing out flight after flight. And I, I will tell you this sort of a, there's a process that we use in tasting whiskey. Now, I, I believe in tasting blind. Uh, the only thing I think Macaulay said, like we were doing like, what, what was it? Like we doing the weeders. Yeah. And he said, this is all wheat. And then we had them all set out and we, we, we tasted the wheat. That was really the only information that he gave to me. Mm-hmm. And when we got to the last barrel, we had done 18. What we always look for when we start doing barrels is what can I eliminate right away? Because mm-hmm. you got to narrow this stuff down. And sometimes the one that you like the best isn't always doesn't always pop up right away. Right. Yeah. No, so you have to eliminate which ones you don't like. It was getting really hard to eliminate everything. <laughs> you know, I, I, I have so this hard. little like sort of like format that I use and I push stuff forward, keep stuff in the middle and push stuff back and everything get, kept getting pushed forward. So there was another straight line again. And so it was getting real. And then, but we did, you know, as I'm going through these, of course, obviously um, there's definitely some ones that were, were popped. And I think, I think Macaulay going in, do you think I was going to pick one barrel? Uh, maybe one of each. I think we, just started going through them and just discovered how delicious they were. I mean, I remember us honing in on a cigar pairing for future that comes later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we had we had some very good goals set there. But like I said, but like everyone was saying earlier, there's no dog in the race. I, I take pride in trying to curate excellent selections. I know that Ryan's got some very high standards and we just got to keep up with that lineage of what we can offer and this is really was something that I wanted to spark into our new market. I wanted this to be our new debut. And I, I think that's what we're doing. What right he really now. did, he wanted to make it so I could not make a mistake. <laughs> so like, there's no way this guy can make a mistake. Yeah, there's no there's wrong a, answers. There's no wrong answers here. We're just not here to make you look good. Yeah, that's so. right. So, but I, no, but as we started going through that, there was, I mean, it, there was nothing that I turned, which means, I, I, I put out of out of its misery. There's no way I'm going to pick this, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, mistakes or flaws that are that immediately popped up. Yeah. So um, it was a matter of coming back and really choosing which was the best one for us. And 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 Macaulay knows this of because we've we're very intimate now. We've tasted 18 barrels together, guys. So <laughs> it's it's there's no secrets anymore. Their safe word was what? Maple syrup. Maple syrup. syrup. <laughs> we, we've got a secret love child in Vermont right now. <laughs> right, we do. It's incubating. It's incubating. And um, and and so that's sort of how we went through this process. So you've all tried, hopefully, the first weeder. Uh, what do you think? Now, again, there's no wrong answers. There's Coke and Pepsi out there. I'm not looking for everybody. What do you think? Do they, right? want, do they want the mash bill and stuff? Or? Yeah, so let's let's give the mash bill of that. You yeah. want to actually, Macaulay, you want to give the mash bill on the, the weeder? 
Yeah, so both the bourbons have a similar construct of mash bill. So they're both going to be 64% corn. The wheat is going to be 24% wheat and then 12% malted barley on that. Our wheat and our corn is all grown five miles over the hill in Caverndale Farms. So we take ultra hyper local grains at the distillery there. So that is another thing that just sets our product above being able to work with other farmer partners, Barry's in there all the time, checking in on the final product. I think he's drank more wilderness trail than I have possibly. <laughs> um, but that's, that, that's where the advantage comes from is just having that high quality grain starting out with, I mean, if you have a good building block, that's where we start at. So then layering it on with each fermenter is going to have its own eclectic uh, fermentation nuances because we're using several different yeast strains out of our catalog. So we use about six different strains at the distillery. Uh, that's something that we don't exactly uh, advertise. It's not like another distillery up the road where we have two mash bills, four yeast strains and two million unique products. Um, but that, that's also going to bring a little bit of nuance in there as well, too. Now, the other thing that I've really noticed about this, too, and you guys probably have, too, right? Instead of a high, high amount of malted barley. Yeah, no. High amount of malted, uh, and also low amount of corn, too. Low probably. amount of corn, yeah. in, in comparison, because you, you're bringing in such high amounts of malted barley. Yeah. And yeah. I think that really gives it um, a different feel to the whiskey, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that creaminess out of in there that sh- shows itself and. Um, you can tell that there's there's uh, you can tell the malted barley's in yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. It's enough now that you can taste it. Right. Like, you know, because everybody else, it, uh, most people, I shouldn't say everybody else, but but a lot of people use that malted barley. It's basically there just to get the fermentation going. Right. Just the enzymes. Right. That they out. And mm-hmm. to actually put that much in, you start putting that much in, you're actually looking for it to actually have a direct effect on your final product. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's one of those things where you could, I mean, you know, there's ways to cut corners. Like, you know, you can add in enzymes and things like that to it. Um, and also, you know, of your, of your grains, your corn's usually your cheapest, you know? Right. So, so for us to switch that up and use less corn and more of those like flavor grains, just because it's just one of those things where we just don't want to cut corners, you know, and what we're doing. So it's just one of those extra levels that we try to take. Michaela, were you going to say something? Um, I, I wanted to speak on the barrels that we use too for a second. That's something that's probably that a good thing to do right that's now. That's something that we haven't hit on. Yeah. Um, all well, while you're hitting on that though, go to number four. And I want, because I think it's important, Macaulay, I think you're right. You can try number four if you already haven't done it. So try number four, which is the second of your weeders, which is number uh, four of six. want to mention too these weeders are at 110 proof which blows my mind because they drink like a water you know yeah. it doesn't drink like a 110 proof and what were you going to say about the uh, barrels because i think this is really important macaulay so the barrels that we use are essentially the cadillacs of the industry so we buy our barrels from independent stave cooperage which is the largest cooperage in the world uh, they are located, they have two, two different locations. Uh, one is down the road in Lebanon, Kentucky, and where our barrels come from are from Lebanon, Missouri. So these barrels are known as Cooperage Select Barrels. 
So these are 18 month air cured staves before they ever are assembled and charred. So what that means is that those wood staves are sitting out in the yard. They're getting exposed to the elements. That wood is actually breaking down with natural enzymes. And what that really translates into is better wood degradation. So we're able to get in deeper into that barrel, pull out more of those beautiful spark notes, terms like vanillins, uh, pull out some of those wood sugars that have gone through the mallard effect through our charring process. So able to pull in more of those rich caramel notes. And we're also pulling in a little bit darker color as well too. We've played some with some different barrels and there is just a, a fact that these produce a superior whiskey. Um, we also have a very low barrel entry proof of 110 and 100 proof. So all of our weeded bourbon goes in at 110 proof and our rye whiskey and our high rye bourbon will go in at 110 and then sometimes we'll decide to go in with 100 proof on that as well too. So Go ahead. No, I got to point something else because uh, somebody had tried one of our wellness trails and he didn't say which one. And he goes, I love that. I can't wait until you do another one. I said, well, well you know, we did six. And he goes, you maniac. I'm not buying six, six bottles. And I go, okay, but you're waiting for the next one. It's already here. Yeah. And he said, but could you do me a favor next time? Could you bring one in at a higher proof? And I said, <sighs> okay. So first of all, you're not going to get a higher proof or it's going to be odd. It might be like 111. I don't think you're going to, not at four and a half years old, you know, whatever. And I said, but I don't go in picking things on, I don't have a check sheet. High proof, check. Right. All right, I need to find something with a high proof. I'm just trying barrels and I'm going to pick the best ones. Mm -hmm. So, so I'm, I'm probably one of the bad guys in the barrel picking industry world. But as you know, from doing our tasting, I didn't have the proofs on these. I don't, no, I didn't sell, want them either. I don't sell based on proof. The same, all, all the samples that I have from the original tasting that we did, none of this has the proof on it because proof is secondary. Yeah. Taste is first. Yeah. It goes like this. It goes, yeah. um, taste and then, um, taste and, and then <laughs> nose, nose, and then taste. Exactly. Finish it in the taste. That's, that's, that's what I believe in. Okay, I'm sorry. You're right. The last one's taste. <laughs> By five, five things that I go for. Because, you know, and why people go, well, you only gave nose one. I go, yes, because nose only matters when you're tasting whiskeys against whiskeys. Yeah. As long as it has a decent nose, it's going to be okay. When you go, this one has a better nose than this one is when you have multiple whiskeys in front of you. When you're just trying something, as long as it has a nose and it's pleasant, mm -hmm. it's okay. It's a really, again, it's going to be, how does it taste? Your taste is in your nose too, by the way. So if it doesn't have a good nose, it's going to affect the taste anyways. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's why, and McCulley was right there with me. It, I, like, I didn't ask anything. I just tasted whiskey. I say, what's this one? How much is this? Like, like all these other questions, I'm just going like, okay, here's six whiskeys. All right. Where, where, however many I lost track at one point, how many, you know, and yeah. I'm just tasting whiskeys. And then we, then we started talking about flavor profiles mm -hmm. and tasting. And if it had a nose and then is this one, you know, like, like, oh, that one doesn't have a good a nose is this one. Yeah. But the taste is better. All right. We're going to go with the one with the taste is better because at the end, the other one's not sitting next to it. 
you know, and that's really sort of the, the point. And you can, you know, even at the end of the day, somebody says, oh, the nose wasn't really strong on that one, but the flavor was awesome. Okay. Right. You proved my well, point. Yeah. I mean, you're not snorting bourbon at the end of the day. You're drinking bourbon. So <laughs> during COVID, I want to tell you a little. No, I'm just <laughs> you were doing key bumps of bourbon during COVID. <laughs> right. Is that what you're telling yeah. me? Clearing <laughs> out the sinuses, right? I was um, I was disinfecting from the inside out. Yeah. As they say. That's what that's what we do every yeah. day. <laughs> and for proof, what what a lot of people associate with with proof, like that burn that that on your lips and your mouth. Yeah. A lot of that might not be the alcohol. Uh, it's other compounds, the fusel oils, other stuff right. in there that, are, uh, that can really really affect that. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, that, that's one reason why uh, you know, our new mate tastes yeah. so good at such a high proof uh, is that we're really low on those fusel compounds. Those yeah. are compounds that have a very similar boiling point to alcohol. Yeah. And it's hard to get rid of that in distillation because you're separating based on bowling point and, and we're not getting that fine when we're making bourbon you know we're not running uh well now i want to know now you've had two weeders yeah you like one better than the other you're supposed to okay so who like numbers i would just go this who like three better who okay who like four better <laughs> you're falling into my evil plan people i don't pick for me i pick for you and the fact that I almost had a half a room to half a room yeah. uh, just proved that point. Yeah. All right. Because that's what I want. I want it. I, I'm never going to please everybody. But if I can, you know, something like this, if I can please half the room with one and half the room with the other, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. So um, like I said, um, Randall and I talk about this all the time. If I pick for me, I'd have a basement full of this really weird whiskeys <laughs> that I would, you know, that I don't drink enough of. Right. To even justify having a barrel of one of them, never mind barrels mm -hmm. of them. Mm -hmm. So, and honestly, I mean, I think that's the better, you know, there are some people that pick and they, they, they want so much. Like I, I get wanting something unique, right. And wanting something that just stands out and is, is the best of quality and things like that. But there's some people that want so much this like off color, something so different that yeah. it's like, is this, are you go? are you aiming for that too much, you right. know, to where you're like, are you going to sell anything based right. off of that? You know? That's so right. yeah, that's always, I don't know, the better route to go. Yeah. We, we view our barrel picks. Like, you know, these are like the best expressions of, of these wilderness trail, not as this is the most different from the norm. Yeah. My, and I'll say like, yeah. okay, so these are, so these are bourbons. I think these at like, what's the age on, what's the age on these? These are all going to be. I think, yeah. Four years, five months, four years, five months. Okay. So, so like these Macaulay two was a little lazy there. Just went to one barrel right next to each other. Yeah, I know. No, no. <laughs> no, we didn't. Those, those aren't next to each other. I think on these, they might be the weeders. I think they are, but the other ones aren't. Well, um, that, that's why I picked that one. No, they were all so all good. Yeah, I know they're they are. Don't listen lots. to him. Don't <laughs> listen to him. He's no, only at, this guy because he's the end of the day. Why why if it was from the same lot, as long as it is a banger in the bottle. Yeah, right. That's right. Well, and hey, That's two, matters, two different good. barrels could be sitting right next to each other. and be They've all seen that. So they all know that. Profiles. So again, you're who you run with, right? Yep. Yeah. So, so again, just something a little bit different. Good quality. Like, again, you might have a favorite, but both up there. All right. So you guys want to try more whiskey i'm assuming you do are we talking too much about this are you guys finding this interesting is this we are talking too much let's drink into it okay okay, okay. Right. no we go back to number one now number one we're sort of in order again we're back to order now we're in number one now we're on to the high rye bourbon so this yes. is yeah. going to be 64 corn 24 rye 12 malted barley and honestly so good. the 
the grain is what makes this product special and the, the rye whiskey as well too because we're using we take pride in our grain selection so you know all about caverndale farms is wheat and corn well walnut grove farm is where we get our rye from so this is actually something special grown for us because as you may know that rye doesn't grow well in the state of Kentucky. That is more of a kind of a cold weather crop. And what we have has been specifically grown and developed with us for our distillation properties of it. So this is a Kentucky heritage heirloom variety that grows in this region that has been brought in. He said heirloom, not her heroin. So, so you guys know. <laughs> <laughs> The local poppy fields. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so heritage heirloom variety right there. So that that's what makes that product special. I mean, this is going to be, it's herbaceous and fruity, but it's not dill and spearmint bomb. It's more dark red fruit, floral notes, and more earthy herbaceousness instead of that dill, in my opinion. Well, like and I, have, it, it's like clove in the in the in the herbs area of things. But just a beautiful grain to work with. Um, it, I think that it, it's what gives us our signature taste on the rye whiskey and our high rye bourbon as well too. Yeah, because definitely get bacon know. spices in that, and I get I I do get I get a little bit of that. Um, sort of eucalyptus uh, uh, mixed with like a, a little bit of mint in that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's so, so light. Yeah. Like it's delicate. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not a sledgehammer, you know? Yeah, I, I call that the sweet minute. <laughs> yeah. Right. I feel like our spices, the, the spice notes that are in there are almost like how you would actually when you're baking or cooking, right? It's a pinch of this, a pinch of that. It's not just all dumped in there and overload your palate. So I think it weaves in really nicely with, with the, the rest of the drink. And right. if, you guys, if you guys didn't pick up on it, the the uh, the high rye bourbon is that super similar mash bill. So like Macaulay was talking about it, 64 corn, 24 either wheat or rye, 12% malted barley. Uh, and that was done on purpose. That wasn't done being lazy, like, hey, we don't want to have to to meter out a different amount of corn <laughs> when, we're, when we're mashing in with this. Uh, you know, at, at the time we did that, and I don't know how many even now do it, but at the time, no other distillery had those comparable mash bills where you could try their weeded bourbon versus their rye bourbon. You know, say if you want to try like Larceny versus Evan Williams, you know, your, your amount of corn is different. Your amount of barley is different. If you want to try Weller versus, you know, either one of Buffalo Trace's rye mash bills, you know, that's, that's going to be a different amount of corn, different amount of barley. Uh, so this way, uh, especially as we get older, uh, it'd be a, a great way to kind of get in and, get and in really, yeah, and contradict those two, uh, two different mash bills. Well, uh, and also normally outside of barrel picks, they're served at, you know, they're bottled in bonds. So they're going to be around the same age usually and the same exact proof. So it's definitely one of those closest side-by-side -side comparisons you can have. I mean, you know, if you're building flights for somebody, you know, for your bourbon clubs, or if you've got like somebody that's new to bourbon and doesn't know, Hey, I don't know what I like wheat or rye or whatever. This is kind of a great introductory to yeah. say, here is, here is the closest you're going to get to a side-by-side -side comparison. And well, yeah, but what I like there. about it too, though, is it also, it's also pretty much different for everybody else because you got a yeah, higher, higher, higher malted barley in yep. that too. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. You guys can try number two if you like. Yeah, drink quicker. We're funnier after a <laughs> few more. Yeah, and Macaulay, I sound better the more you drink. Macaulay mentioned too, the 18-month the uh, air-dried barrel staves. 
you know, I, I won't mention any names, it's <coughs> Taylor, but, you know, had a whole, you, you know, expression with the, uh, the cured stave or cured Oak or whatever it was called. That's mm-hmm. what these are. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's every day for us. You know, that's, that's yeah. our, what we like to do um, for those barrels, man. And it makes a big difference for sure. The other barrels are great. You know, the, you know, the best bourbon in the world comes from just your regular, you know, barrels. Uh, but, but these just kind of up, up the game a little bit. Well, I think it shows, I think it shows when you're, you're tasting these at basically four and a half years old, there's no real graininess. That's how it disappeared. The dark, you get a darker color to these already. Yeah. Um, They actually, I'm trying these. I don't know what age they are. I know about what age they are only because I know what you guys are putting out. Right. Right. But I'm again, I'm not, um, I'm not um, counting it for or against. It's just, this is what they taste like. And I really like these. Well, and and give us somebody some context to normal, like an average stave drive for a cured stave is it's air dry. Usually is about six to eight months. So, you know, for 18 months, that's almost three times the amount of the normal. So just for a, what do you guys think of these two? Good. Yeah. Very different. Right. I mean, off the first, the weeders, right. Now you get now you're getting that spice more a little bit more spiciness to it. There's still that sweetness from the corn is still there. I th- I get a different mouthfeel, and I think that's from the barley for me. Yeah. Um, I get a different mouthfeel, and you get almost a little bit of creaminess at the end of mm-hmm. those. Um, Macaulay, what were you gonna say? Um, what I was about to say is, from what we know from mass spectrometry data is that around 80% of our actual end product flavor, not just our product, but any whiskey you pull off the shelf is gonna be associated from that barrel nuance. It comes into that play. We know that from pulling bottles off the shelf, running that through mass spectrometry and doing regression studies on flavor development. And that's where the proof is right there, is being able to turn back into that data. But honestly, we're a sweet mash facility, but we've also made sour mash products as well, too. So I do have some sour mash stuff in my my stables out there, if you will. And it does not develop as quickly. Like my four and a half year old uh, sour mash tastes like a three year old, three year old at that point. It's just not it's not coming in. It gets out of that graininess a little bit more of that graininess. It, it is definitely more grain forward on there. And yeah. that is something that I don't really experience in our four-year-old product, but it is definitely heavy grain forward and not in a positive note. So I'm not a chemist. I just know how to use the DeWalt drill and drink whiskey <laughs> and know it tastes good. So there's uh, definitely something to say that further study on that for sure yeah I, I keep drinking as much whiskey as i can so i can prove or disprove your point i like that we'll take that <laughs> as long as it's wilderness trail <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you always have to throw that in there don't you oh anyway so um so now you've had um the weeder you had the their bourbon which is their high rye bourbon which is a good a good amount of rye but it's not like it's not crazy amount though I well, mean, it's a high ride for you. Comparative, like, like say, you, compared but. to say a Four Roses, it's not. I think it's lower than both their mash bills, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but for like I say, a Buffalo Trace, it's higher than both of their right. theirs. You know, so yeah. it really depends uh, for that. Um, at the time when we developed that mash bill, it was high rye. But it's crazy how the whole bourbon world's changed Shifts. in the last five years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, MGP specifically has some uh, extremely high rye and extremely high wheat. We used to be the highest wheat con- content yeah. uh, in a weeded bourbon at twenty four percent. I believe there's some out now that's that's forty percent. Yeah. Good. All right. So the 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 next two you're gonna try uh, 
the rise. Okay. Now I want to tell you something. I'm going to have you, you're going to try both of these rise. I'm going to go through the rye. I gave you another cup or actually I could have had you doing it in your glass. You guys all get to get, take a glass home with you. But um, when you try these, try to save an equal amount of both of these left. And David, that doesn't mean keep drinking them until they're even then going, Oh, I drank them all. I need some more. All right. I'm on, I'm on to your tricks, David. David. <laughs> Save a little bit of each, but an equal amount of both. Okay. And put those back and put those together and put those together as a blend. All right. If we have to give, if we have to give David some more, we'll give David some more, <laughs> but, Somehow but I want you guys. Pass. Yeah, no, he always seems to get this. Um, everything, everything that you're trying tonight though, I, I should tell you, these are all barrel strength. This is what they're coming out as. Yeah. There's yeah. no, there's no like, you know, 110 and we brought them all down to 110. The rye is the proof because the rye has two different proofs on it. Mm -hmm. Right. One is, what, what are they? One is, one is 104. One is 105. Don't 105. Tell which one? Okay. I won't tell you which one is one point difference. We'll see how good you are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but five and six. So um, I'm going to start with five, but it, Put all you want, like I said, but save a little bit of each because I want, I do want you to, uh, I do want you to mix those up. And this is what we would call a, a Kentucky style rye. So this is fifty six percent rye, thirty three percent corn, eleven percent malted barley, uh, which you know fifteen years ago would have been pretty damn common. Uh, and then uh, kind of the explosion in rye whiskey really opened up uh, the avenue for uh, you know the Indiana rye, your MGP rye, your ninety five five, ninety five percent rye, five percent malted barley. Uh, rise that were initially designed to be in a blended whiskey, uh, to be in your Crown Royal or your, you know, Seagram Sevens or whatever. Um, so yeah, there wasn't a lot of you know Kentucky rye out there for a long time, uh, but now you're starting to see it come back, and and we want to be kind of at the forefront of that. Uh, so that low rye content, uh, having plenty of corn in there, really lets the rye uh, kind of hit its dynamic uh, limits. You know, it's not just a one-trick pony. Uh, it, it does have room to kind of spread in there. It doesn't get uh, overly what, what is it, What is the mash bill again? Uh, 56% corn. I'm sorry. It's 56% rye, 33% uh, corn, 11% barley. I'm just saying bourbon first. So, uh, yeah. 56 corn, 33. I just and, did it again. And, oh my and one of my favorite you things. You say this one more time. Yeah. Uh, this is why I saved this to the end. 56% yeah. rye, 33 corn, 11% barley. There you go. And you don't I have to, to say maple syrup. I think you need the safe word. At this uh, <laughs> Someone help me. <laughs> maple syrup. Maple syrup. And you don't have to remember that because you know one thing with Wilderness Trail, our our kind of our mantra is that transparency. Uh, you know, we don't give you any bullshit. We don't have fake stories about great grandpa's recipe we found and Uncle Ricky Bob's, you know, yeast strain that we pulled up from the well. Uncle Ricky Bob. Uncle Ricky Uncle Bob. Bob. Uh, you, know, you know, we it's put the, the recipe on the side of the label. You can buy the yeast strain from Firm Solutions. We'll sell it to you. Uh, you know, you can go to Vendome and get a steel made like us. You know, we'll tell you where we get our water, all that stuff. Yeah. Um you know, we're, we're not scared. Not that we think we make the greatest stuff ever. And nobody else can. It's just that we make good stuff and other people can too. And there's room for it all uh, with that. And you get a little bit more, uh, just so you guys know, the side panel on the, um, because it, it's single barrel, you get a little bit more information. Yeah. Yeah. So all the side panels give you a little bit more information. Yeah. So we're going to have the age on there. You've got the barrel, which you'll see uh, ISC number four char. So that's independent state company. 
uh, who Macaulay was referring to earlier, that number four char, that heavy alligator char, like 54 seconds on the on the flame. Uh, you get the Rickhouse number, yeah. uh, which this is Rickhouse A, which is the cutest little Rickhouse you've ever seen. Uh, it, it, it's a, just a 2,000 barrel Rickhouse. We built it whenever we were distilling on the pot steel, and we were doing a barrel a day, so 2,000 barrels is a long damn time to fill it up. Just to show you guys how far we thought we were going to grow. Yeah. <laughs> We thought a barrel a day, you know, that's, you know, we had about 2,500 barrel capacity in the Rick house, you know, could fill up 300 barrels a year, maybe max, you know, so that's all we thought we needed. We didn't think we needed any more. Yeah, we'll so we'll, we'll really, fill that in a week and a half now. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then the, barrels a day then the yeast strain is the last thing on there. That Firm Pro one, I don't know if that means anything to you guys, uh, but that's a yeast strain that a lot of other bourbon distilleries use. Uh, yeah. We can't really tell you everybody because that will ruin their story about Uncle Ricky Bob. Uh, but <laughs> but some of the best use this, though. Uh, Peerless. It came from Uncle there. Ricky Bob's beard. Right. right. Yeah, 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 right. Absolutely. Just, just shave some off uh, the top. And... Yeah, but a lot of good brands like Peerless. Uh, one of our biggest proponents out there is Drew Colesbean of Willet. Yeah. Uh, when you've got someone guy. like that, you know, talking us up, they use our yeast. And they're, you go on their tour, they'll tell you they use our yeast, which we love, man. Uh, and, and, you know, so so those guys using our stuff is kind of a great testament to what we're doing. Uh, right Drew's, Drew's very forward on whatever he does. Yeah. Drew's been a friend of mine for a lot of years. Um, so, um, and bourbon this is playboy. one of those type of things, huh? The bourbon playboy, Drew yeah, Colsby. Drew That's <laughs> my boy. Um, but the man, um, have you guys, well, you know, this is, I have to say, and I want to, I want to sort of put this out there. I mean, this is akin to, you know, knowing about Willet when no one else really knew about Willet, mm -hmm. which is when I'm, we found Willet when he was basically, he had a lot of barrels that he was storing. Mm -hmm. And when he started out at the distillery and getting in on the ground floor, like we, that's what we did. Uh, and we recognized that, that this was a, somebody that was going to be going somewhere. This was somebody that's going to do something and stuff like that. So, um, you know, Wilderness Trail is like akin to that. You you guys are getting, I mean, these are four and a half year old bourbons. I mean, that you're trying tonight and rise. Um, but this is, there's, there's unbelievable, I think right now, and there's room to go, um, which these guys all know because they're going to be getting older, older spirits that are going to, you know, older whiskey now. And that's a big point to pull, put out. I mean, yeah, our, our brother drew down the street. I mean, the family estate is is a lot of times source whiskey versus our family reserve is all made in house by us. Yeah, and using our yeast strains as well too. So I can't wait to see the longevity of these brands. I can't wait to drink on twenty two year old Wilderness Trail. <laughs> Just do it. Um, I will tell you what. Um, uh, Elmer T. Lee said, said to me one time, like, I don't know, this old stuff, you guys are crazy. Right. <laughs> eight, eight to 10 years old. He's like, then that's the, that's the, yeah. the golden range. So um, we're going to be trying those soon. I can't wait for that. Yeah. But. Yeah. We are, we are approaching. All right. Did you, did, okay. So did everybody take a little bit and put equal amounts of one and the other in? What'd you guys think? Yeah, so this is our little secret. So that we're giving it to you tonight because because um, Macaulay and I did this at the at, when we were tasting that day, and these two together, I almost had him convinced to let me do it. <laughs> I was this close. He promised me though that I'm going to get to micro batch at at Wilderness Trail. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold you. I'm holding you to that. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, 
I just either I, let's sell this out tonight or just double down on the order next time. We can make a <laughs> sixteen we'll, barrel blend. <laughs> we'll do a. We'll do you do. I a, like micro batching. I like I like. No, small. so yeah, that's that's honestly something that we are are have started opening up into business right now. So I've honestly recently got the colas approved to start doing more micro batches too. So. Next time you come, you better uh, pack a sandwich and bring your hammock because we're gonna be there for a long time. Okay, that's okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with that. I it, brought, I got my new equipment. We're gonna do it. We're gonna, I want to. We're gonna do a recording while we're doing. <laughs> and, and a DJ set probably after the first twenty barrels. Still <laughs> <laughs> Boston Nova right there. Yeah, you know. So in the I'll meantime, better music by then. If you want to make your own micro batch, you have to buy both uh, together. My vice president of operations is from Boston, and he wanted me to tell you that these were all very wicked picks, and that we got the good limestone water. 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 <laughs> this is a wicked pissa. <laughs> tell him I said so. Wicked pissa. Wicked pissa. I'm gonna get my piss on right now. <laughs> so that's the mixture of those two together. I. I, I Listen, I think the I think the rise are really good individually. Together, they're a powerhouse uh, rye. Probably one of the uh, I think together one of the best rise out there right now. Um, but I just want to show you guys that like you know there is a mix and match going on here that like the, when you have good whiskeys like this and and I I do want to point that out though is like these are two are really great together. It's less um, it's more rare. That two really good ryes like this, when you put them together, tastes great. Usually when you have two good whiskeys and you put them together, they don't taste good. Usually two whiskeys that are missing something and the other one complements makes a better whiskey than the sum of its parts. But it's actually even rare that these two by themselves are really good ryes. And when you put them together, it's spectacular. Yeah. But um, so that that is actually rarer yeah. uh, to do. To do when you have something that that tastes this good, um, part uh, as they do together. If I can recall correctly, I believe that number six is our cigar barrel. It is six yeah. out of six is our cigar rye. I, I when I tasted through this, I was like, this is definitely the one. I knew there was one out there. <laughs> it's a little hazy on the details, but. Uh, that was that number was 18, it. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> number 18. Well, I think that the 18th barrel probably is what probably got me struck up in the mood to start going off of off profile or off of my job description and decided <laughs> that we are going to start a secondary maturation project. So uh, we might have to call that the the safe word small batch after tonight. Yes. Safe word small batch. So <laughs> okay, so I, I'm gonna let everybody. They're they're in here. No one's. Well, maybe I should take us off of Facebook Live. Yeah, I think I'm gonna take us off Facebook Live. Hold oh on. boy! Thank you everybody uh, for uh, joining us on Facebook Live. If you wanted to know the secret, you should have come here and had a, a nice day. Yes, Julio's after dark. Julio's <laughs> after dark. I'll leave the recording on. Julio's only fans. Thanks everybody.